Welcome to the Don't Let That Go Over Your Head podcast, starring Q the Boss. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Let That Go Over Your Head podcast. They call me Q the Boss, and I got a special guest in the building today. You know, it's funny because it's my son, you know. He's going to bring you out some knowledge and show you that the, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. You know, I'm excited. This is the first time me and my son actually getting to sit down and talk about something positive. I suggest you guys do these things. Have conversation with your children and have dialogue. So therefore, you can learn what they think or how they think. But today, I'm very excited because this is my firstborn. This is my child, my only son. And I'm excited. Today, we're talking about being grateful. And I'm, I'm very happy to have him on this episode. So with that being said, let me introduce my son. Give him a round of applause. You know, um, and let you take it. Tell him who you are. How y'all doing? Um, I'm Nate the Boss, 516 on Instagram, son of Q the Boss, 516. My name, full name, Nathaniel. And um, I'm excited to be on this podcast. That's what's up. That's what's up. So tell him about yourself. What are you into? Uh, I'm doing this too because I want to learn my son. So I'm kind of going to have fun with this episode. So I get to learn my son too. You know, because you got to remember parents, children grow. And children, you got to understand that we still think that you are the age that we remember you being. So as you grow, you have to let us know more about you. Because we don't know you guys as you get older. You know, new, you, you take on new hobbies, new interests, new things. But in order for us to know that, you guys got to be more uh, willing to speak out and talk. Would you agree with that, parents? So for the parents that talk to their children... That's a round of applause for you. So let, 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 let them know what you into. I'm into things like, uh, I, I like animation a lot. I like um, designing. I'm into creative things, artwork, things like that. Well, that's more of a recent thing I'm into. Okay. Um, I like playing video games, but I'm trying to lessen that more now. And I'm more into things like watching podcasts and things like that, because I do want to eventually develop my own channel, my own following on social media. So what do you feel about your father's podcast? I feel like it's 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 really good to have like that firsthand experience of someone who's already popular off of something like that and who's already building their own network and things. And one type of mindset I was always trying to adapt is that what's my dad's podcast is his podcast and I want to build my own. I don't want to have, I don't want to thrive off of his, you know? There's nothing wrong with um, benefiting of your parents though. Just keep that in mind. You know, um, Master P did it with Little Romeo, right? You can keep going down the list. The, look at... um. Angela Simmons and uh, all the Simmons kids, they benefited from, you know what I'm saying? Russell Simmons. and So it's, it doesn't matter. If your father's building a platform, you could benefit off of it. As long as you got some content that people want to hear, there's nothing wrong with that, bro. I wish my dad could have gave me some of these things, and some of these gems and some of these jewels and showed me and helped me walk through life a lot easier. You know, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm on a podcast today with my son. I'm excited. So let me ask you a question. You know, what is being grateful to you? Being grateful to me is appreciating everything you have, whether big or small, and just learning how to capitalize off your blessings. That's what's up. So what, what made you learn how to, like, be grateful? What taught me how to be grateful? I, I went through, I would say, uh, I, I made a big mistake a while ago. And Let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> On a podcast, listen, if you're going to be a podcaster, you have to be comfortable telling everything. You got to get, you got to tell, because what it is, is it makes you relatable and people see that you're human. You know, when you, yeah, you can help somebody by coming onto a podcast or doing your own thing. When you like, like the other day, one of my videos went viral for me saying I was a cheater. 
you know, I'm not ashamed I was. Because I thought at one point that's how men supposed to behave. And that's how I was raised. Not by my mom, but more so by the environment of the men I was around. They showed me only certain behaviors. So sometimes in order to make yourself uh, receive more of an audience, you have to make yourself, like, be honest with your truth. What do you guys say about that? Everybody in my life, would you agree with that statement? I think they're all going to say yeah. So let's, let's tell a story. What, what, what you went through? Um, approximately, I'd say about five months ago, I made a childish mistake of moving out of my father's house. It was a mixture of getting involved in my own pride and me thinking I was more developed than what I actually was. And throughout that time I was moved out, I realized that there's nothing more important than family. And I also realized that in order to further myself, because I'm not really where I want to be right now, in order to further myself, I had to sit and really digest what my father used to tell me when I was younger. And I had to really apply that. I had to cast my emotions to the side and not really get a, like as emotional to truth, really. Yeah, the more you, if you take everything personally, you, you can never get, uh, get ahead in life. You can never reflect on yourself and be the best you can possibly be. And I'd say about what it's been like three, four weeks now since, since I've been back. And I've been trying my best to catch up and basically just blow everybody my age in the past, but then behind me. I like that. You know, let me give you a round of applause for you being honest in your truth. You know, um, as a, as a parent, you right? Because you're my guy. You know, my son is 20 years old. I have my son very young. For those who don't know, I have him very, very young. And I'm still a young father myself. I'm young, but I'm grown. You know, but um, in the same breath, you know, um, it was a learning experience for me being a father. I learned how to be a better father from, re- from you. You were like my mistake child. What I mean by mistake child is I made all my mistakes with raising you so the new ones don't have to go through what you went through. Because I didn't know how to be a dad. You know, but the one thing I knew how to do is protect. And I knew that I have to always say my truth. So even when I, I felt like my son might receive it if I'm wrong or not wrong, I still felt like I had to tell him the truth. And the reason why is because I love something. When you love something more than you love yourself, it is not easier to watch it make mistakes. It, it, it bothers you more than it's going to bother you. So even like you, like you said a minute ago, when you left, did I want it? No. But did I have to accept it? Yes. Because I wanted you to see it for yourself. Because it was like nothing I can do to tell you this is a mistake. You had to go through it. So in reality, I'm happy you actually got to see it. But when you was out, what did you realize are some of the vital conversations that we had? What registered to you? And I love the fact that you said family is everything. Because family is everything. Um, one of the most important things was uh, saving your money and valuing what you have, that in my opinion went hand in hand in my experience of being away. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was away, I had to pay rent in a friend's house. And you realize the rent comes a lot faster than you think it would in your head. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit back and really reevaluate. Like living with my father had a lot of advantages. Even even though like as a kid, you, th- you have that immature point of view of, yeah, my parents don't let me do this, this, and that. But at the same time, I'm going to be better off later in life. And they're doing these things so that you are better because they experience all of these things already. So when they're telling you something, it's coming from experience. The only thing your parent would tell you that would hurt you is would come from a parent that doesn't love you or is abusive. Agreed. You know, say that one more time. They want to get that. Say that one more time. Um, the only thing 
a parent would tell you that would actually hurt you is if the parent didn't love you or if they were abusive towards you. Mm -hmm. I agree. So when you when you look back, right, and this is this is the hardest thing about being a parent, and I'm gonna give you game as a father, and for my parents on my life right now, tell me if you agree with this statement. When you're a parent, right, to watch your child make bad decisions and knowing that they're at the age where there's nothing you can do is really hard because you want to protect them from the realities of the world, but you also want them to gain their own experience. But in the same breath, you don't want them to have to touch the stove to see how hot it is for them to have to learn. You know, you pray that they're willing to listen to you and, and think that like, hey, wait, my dad or my mom have my best interest at heart in every conversation, you know, and that's the hardest part about being a father. You know, my gratefulness came from my, my best day of my life. And I want to say this while you're here is when I got custody. The reason why is because I said to myself, you know, when I want full custody of my son, it, it made me a, a feel like a real father. Right. And the reason why I say that is because now I can control my son's future to greatness. I can help him. You know, I can fight the world with him. I can give my shield and sword and, and I can defend him when, when, when the hard times come. And that's, that was my greatest moment. My greatest moment was like, yo, you know what? I may have been young and immature at one point, but now I can make up with my son the things that I, I need to show him that I had to learn the hard way. You know, and, and, and like we did a discussion the other day when he said, you know, I didn't have a child the age you had a child. And I said, which is true, but I didn't have a father. It took a lot in me to break that generational curse. My dad's father, right, which is your great-grandfather, he didn't raise him, right? Then your grandfather, which is my dad, he didn't raise me. I decided at that point that it's time for me to raise and step up. I didn't want to use that as an excuse. And believe you me, I'm going to be honest with you, anybody that suffered from this generational curse plague, and I want you to get this, Chris. Let me say this one more time. I want you to get this. And this is me being honest. My, my grandfather, right, which is your great-grandfather, he didn't raise my dad, right? My dad, which is your grandfather, he didn't raise me. At moments, I suffered from wanting to run away because I realized something was wrong. I kept trying to run from my responsibility. And I think it must have been inherited generationally, psychologically. I kept trying to fight it. I'm like, why is it not bothering me at times when I didn't talk to my child? Why is it not bothering me at times? And I said to myself, something is wrong with me. And then one day I seeked help from a pastor and I told him what was wrong with me. He started praying over me. He said, yo, there's a demon on your spirit and it's actually plaguing you from being a good father. And the moment I swear he, pr he prayed over me, over me, something clicked. And the sad part is I was in prison when this happened. And it's just like something say, yo, Q, get home and go become a father. The more responsibility I've taken with bringing you and, and taking care of you, I've noticed I became a better man. I've noticed that no man will ever become great. That's evasive of responsibilities. And me avoiding responsibilities never allowed me to become great because I was evasive of my children. I was evasive of everything as a man I should be doing. And now I'm comfortable to say this to you I apologize for my younger years of not being the greater dad I should have been. I wasn't a great dad because I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't understand the totality of the responsibility of being a father. And I wish that a lot of men would sit with their children and say, I'm sorry. 
But also, I hope the children understand that my dad didn't know any better. He didn't know any better. Think about the logic. If you start a job today, right, mm-hmm. and you never worked that job, would you be good at that job? Not at all. But if I prepared you for that job and then you get the job, would you be good at the job? Yeah. Why is that? Because you, you already have the experience. And that's the same thing with not, with not having a father. It's the same thing. It's like you don't know any better. You, it's like you think giving money is the totality of being a father. That was my mentality at one point. As long as I gave money, I felt like I was a father. But it's deeper than just giving money. What about the love? What about the attention? What about the, the, the support? You know, I will sit there and say this, say this to you today. Whatever woman you choose to bring home, I will respect it. But do not be mad at me if I voice my opinion. Because I'm still going to protect my child. No matter what woman you bring, I'm going to accept it. Because that's your life. Right? But in the same breath, don't be mad if I got to tell you the truth, if I feel something. And that's my deal with you. I will never make your girl feel uncomfortable. I will never make your friends feel uncomfortable. But if I see something bad with your friends, I'm going to say something. And that's what a parent does. Right? So let me ask you a question now. What, what, what skills you think you've gained when, uh, when you were on your own? Like, what did you, what did you learn now? Um, I think one of, like, the most important skill I've gained was learning how to talk and voice my opinion better. Okay. One thing I, I've noticed since I have been back, uh, I have less, I guess, of a fear. And there was no reason to have a fear, but I have less of a fear to talk to my father. Mm-hmm. They, I, I can honestly say they, everything was in my head before. And now, now that I realize there's no fear at all, and you have to realize there's no problem with going to ask your dad for help or your, your parents for help or ask their opinion on things because at the end of the day, they experienced a lot of what you're going through and they've done it times 10. You know something funny? I was told that you want to go out on New Year's with your friends, right? I already knew. I said nothing because I wanted to see if you're going to man up and come mention it to me, right? Because it's not that he's not an adult or a young adult. It's respect, right? Letting your parents know where you are is keeping them from stressing and worrying. Any parent that don't worry when their children are outside, they're not a good parent. Would you agree with that statement, guys? They're not a good parent, right? So I already knew you wanted to go out on New Year's. When you came to me, I said, no problem. What it is, is this is the, this is the logic. The hardest part at first of being a parent is trans- transitioning into your child becoming a young adult. You still see them as the baby, right? The baby that you've created. To make your mind start seeing this young adult, right, as a person or an, a, a bigger person, it's not easy. Especially when they still making poor choices, Viv, right? it's even harder to see it when you're like, man, you're making poor choices. So what's going to happen when I'm not there to protect you? You think like that. And, and that's the wholeheartedly thing. The one thing I do like is now, since you've come back, is you, I think the approach is a lot different, right? You know, I, I always said to myself, stress, anger, aggravation, a lot of parents take on a lot of stress that a lot of children, we try to keep away from the kids. There's a lot that we go through, right? Like, I'll give you one. Look at your sister. I don't even get to speak to her to the magnitude I would like to, right? But yet and still, you benefit from me being a good father. Mm-hmm. And if she's going to grow up thinking that maybe dad never cared about me, which is crazy. Yeah. But you see what I go through? And at times, it plagued my mind. You know, because I got my older son. My daughter, she's not with us. She don't spend holidays with us. And I don't want to go into details of why, but it ain't me. 
That's all I got to say. But in the same breath, you see what it is. Mm-hmm. If your sister wanted to live with us today, do you think I would give her a room? Yeah, 100%. But that's the logic. But in her mind, I don't know what she's going to think growing up. That's the issue when parents play with children. They don't understand the magnitude of hurt and traumatic experiences that y'all will have wondering. I used to wonder about your, your grandfather all the time. Like, do he love me? Do he care about me? Do he not care? You know, but ultimately, I've learned to love myself. You know, but um, show me some, or tell me something that um, you experienced that you was like, this would never happen if I was at my father's house. Um, no shade, but truth. I guess it was a, a certain degree of, I didn't have a certain control over myself, basically. I was at the mercy of whoever I was living with. If something really I didn't like wasn't going my way, I couldn't do anything. It's not like I'm with family. I'm living with strangers. who I pay the money. If I fall behind on rent, I'm at their mercy. Whatever they choose to do with me, I have to abide by it. And that's one of the major differences. When you live with family, you make a mistake. Your family loves you. They'll forgive you. You just have to learn how to move on and learn from your experiences so you don't continuously give your family the same headaches. I get, you, know, you know what bothered me and hurt me real bad one time? I'm telling you the truth about you, what you did? My son, right? This is my, like I told you guys earlier. Just for, let me say this before we get out of here. For some of you out there who may not have a father, right? But to that male figure that stepped up and gave you guidance and, and, uh, and showed you what it is to be a, a male or a man, right? And to the women also. For the women out there that didn't grow up with a mother or a good mother. For the women that stepped up and actually showed them what it is to be a mother. Because this, the world is not just full of, of, you should be a parent no matter what. If you have children or not, you're supposed to be an example for the younger generation, right? So those men that don't understand that you should be being an example for the new generation and vice versa for me and vice versa for my son. My son should be looking at the younger generation like, I got to give them an example. Agreed? Yeah, agreed. That's how you move the generation further and further. But I will say this, though. The one thing I've noticed, though, is um, one time we, we, we were in the house, and I, I realized, I said, you know what? Let me start buying my children's stocks, right? And the reason why I wanted to buy my children's stocks is because I can give them a little head start on, on the future. I started later with him because he's much older. I didn't know these things, right? So I told you before earlier that my son is my um, mistake child. He's the child I made all the mistakes with, meaning I did all the dumb stuff so the next ones don't have to go through what he went through because I was young. I also had my other kid at 30. You know, there's a difference between 17 and 30, right? It's a big difference. If you guys agree, that's a big difference in maturity. That's a big difference in your thinking, everything. We're, we're 17 years apart, which is crazy. You know, but again... When I, when I had him, I, th- I thought, give a couple of dollars, buy some sneakers. You know, that was it. That's what I thought. You know, I didn't understand. You got to be there for the, all the things. But anyway, when I asked him one day, I said, yo, what's up with your stock account? You know, he was trying to be, ev- he was, you were being evasive of it. And I noticed what it is. See, being a man, especially when you when you lying, I used to lie a lot. So I can tell when somebody lying real fast. Anyone that's on this live right now that used to be a liar or lied a lot, you can catch a liar real fast because you can see it real fast. So I was like, you know what? He's being evasive. And then I found out that you sold all the stocks. I was upset. Only reason I was upset, it wasn't about the money. It's the principle of you not understanding the totality of, of saving. Saving will, 
fix your life. Saving will put you in positions that you'll never be able to get into without economics. If you don't have the literacy of money, you're going to die from, from poverty. People that are in poverty are in poverty because of their mentality. In order for me to save my children from being in poverty before I go, I have to give them a mentality of how to think about money. That will make me the king that I am. It's not about leaving you just the, the big houses and the cars and the clothes. It's not about that. It's leaving my legacy in your mind. Because if I leave my legacy in your mind, you will leave that in my grandchildren's mind. And then my grandchildren will leave it in my great-grandchildren's mind. That's what a, a man understands or a woman understands. It's about putting the legacy in the mind of family, of, of saving, of economically carrying your last name. Nathaniel is your first name. But your last name is what matters more than anything. Because that's what lives on. When, you, when grandma die, what's my last name? Brown. Grandma got the same last name? So when grandma go, where she at? Evan. She's still with me too. Yep. And she's still with you. No matter what. And that's how you have to look at life. And that was, that's the one thing I was realizing with my son. I was like, I want to show him certain things that I had to learn late. You know, I wish, if I know he can sit down right now and say, I wish I knew money and understood money to the magnitude of what I know now. So I could have been taught my children. And we all think like that. You know, but the hardest thing is, is uh, um, teaching someone that you feel like they don't want to know or trying to help someone that don't want to be helped. It's not easy. At one point, I felt like that about you. I felt like you didn't want to. You know, yo, Viv, at one point, my son, yo, you know how proud, y'all know too, Chris and Dre know this statement too, you know how proud I was, I still am, when you got so in shape, he was fit. I was bragging about that to y'all all the time, right? I was like, look at this kid, bro. He looks amazing, right? Because for me, it was like, it wasn't about you being just in shape. It was the discipline of you doing it. I'm like, he's learning discipline. See, mo most people look for something we always say called motivation, right? Mm -hmm. Discipline outperforms uh, motivation all day. Most people looking to be motivated. But I wanted to teach you discipline. I learned discipline later in life. I, I, knew I got motivated at times, but I didn't have the discipline. It takes a discipline to wake up on Christmas Day and still come and shoot the podcast, right? It takes discipline. It takes discipline to, to get a $100 check and say, you know what, I'm going to put 25 of it away and I'm going to act like it don't exist. It takes discipline. It takes discipline to tell a woman, no, I can't go out to eat with you this week because I got to save this money. It's a discipline thing. So tell me, you know, growing up with your dad, tell me some things you've learned. Whether good or bad, you know, I want to hear everything. I'm not ashamed of my truth. So you don't got to feel uncomfortable. If, you, if I've done things that bothered you, you can say it because it don't affect me anymore. Like the way I used to feel, I'm not like that anymore. I've learned in order to heal, one must admit their truth. Let me say that again. In order to heal, one must admit their truth. If a person don't admit their truth, the one can't heal. So if me letting you speak your truth allows you to heal, then I would rather you do it all day. All day. Um. I'd say I still have a bit of an immature mind, but when I was younger, I, was, I had a very childish and immature mind. So whenever I did like, things that were wrong or bad, my dad would yell at me. And I will say, even though he was 100% in the right, I felt, though personally, it was very harsh. And it would really get to me at times, and it would like, cause me to get like, emotional. And then it, it turned from emotional and like, kind of sad to just like, kind of like a rebellious type thing, where... I would do things 
to not have my dad see it because I was really afraid of his voice. I didn't want to have my dad scream at me or my dad. And women think my voice sexy. You see that? <laughs> yeah, keep going. I didn't want to have him scream at me or just be made, like overall aggressive because it's my father. So I can honestly say my dad to this day is the only person I am. It's not so much of a fear that you're afraid you're going to get beat up, but it's a fear that you don't want them to, you don't want to disappoint them and you don't want them to basically walk away from you. You know what that's called? Let me tell you what that's called? It's called respect. You just said the same way I feel about your grandmother. Why do you think I do everything I do to make your grandmother proud? It's not fear. When a child is young, they should fear you. But fear is supposed to turn into respect. What you're saying right now is, I don't want to let my dad down because of respect. And respect is, is, is that's how you, you, that's how you, it's supposed to be. You know, people, love is beautiful, but I'd rather be respected. And, and respected is, I would never do that in front of my, my, my parents. I know some gangsters that will never curse in front of their parents, ever in life. Ever. I know some gangsters that will never do nothing stupid in front of their parents. They out on the streets, they wildin' 100 miles an hour, but let their mother come into the room. That man become a, an angel. It's called respect. I'm saying, but keep going. Um, what I'm trying to adapt in my life now is being more open. There are certain things I'll do with my friends or even with other family members that I wouldn't act a certain way in front of my father because I have, even though it's from years ago, I still have that overall fear in my head that I don't want to act a certain way in front of my father, basically. Yeah. Because I know how my dad can get and I know how to how how that works, basically. Even with family members like my grandmother or things like that, I, I want to be like that same way with my father. That's why I have been trying to talk to him more and things like that. It's just that that childhood fear, you got to kind of get over it, which I don't have anymore. It's more of a respect thing now. And it's more of a trying to me change my old habits, basically. It's, it's not an overnight process, but it, it yeah. will happen. Makes sense. Let me ask you a question, too. Just so you guys know in my life, I'm a very aggressive guy. Would y'all say that, right? I'm going to show you something about aggression. Hey, how old are you? I'm 20. You're 20 years old. How many times have I put my hands on you since you've been born? Since I've been born? Yeah. Uh, that you can recall? Like twice. Twice in 20 years. I put my hands on my son two times in 20 years. So it was the voice became to check you. But I never felt like I needed to beat my kid. You've never done nothing to the magnitude besides two times that I had to knock you out a little bit. Right? He, you've never done nothing. I never felt like you was being immature. I didn't feel like everything warrants me to put my hands on you. That's the one thing I make sure, and I've always told myself I won't do. I won't beat my children. If they don't get it, then I'm going to have to let them go and f- experience the world. But the reality of all things is, most people would have thought, with my aggression and how how old, old, old how I am, if I know you would have thought I would probably did it a hundred times, twice, two times. And that's all you can recall. And let me ask you a question: the two times you've been hit, how long ago was that? The first time I was sixteen. Sixteen. I think actually both times might have been when I was sixteen because I can recall sixteen was the year I was doing a, real, a lot of like stupid stuff. So let me ask you something. Oh, you just admitted yourself. You know, I, one of the times 
he was playing with his grades. And, and I don't play with grades. I don't play with school. I don't play with those things because I know my son will have hardship if he don't get this degree, right? And me being a father, I, 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 don't, I can't think about myself. I got to think about his future. So if I got to curse at him, yell at him, and, and rough him up to get him through college, so be it. If I'm looked at as a bad father because of the fact that I don't want my child to have the, the financial uh, uh, um, problems that I had and I had this, and the stability that I didn't have until my adult years, so be it. Because I know for a fact what is to come. You know, once you've lived a certain amount of years, you can kind of predict what it's going to be. It's like watching a certain amount of movies. You know that you can predict the ending because you watch movies too much. You can kind of tell what's about to happen. That's the same thing as life. As you get older, you get to see, like, I can see what's going to happen already. I already know the end of that journey and that story. So why would I sit down and say to my son, damn, I'm going to let him just go fail. Knowing I could, even if he chooses to fail. Remember, guys, failure is a choice. Let's acknowledge that. Failure is a choice. You, people that fail, they wake up and do failure things every single day, ultimately being mad that they're failing. But if you notice, watch the logic. Stay with me, Nate. Mm -hmm. If I get up and get high every day with smoking weed, what am I going to be? Your pothead that doesn't go nowhere, love. If I wake up every day chasing women and spending money chasing the women, will I have money? No, not at all. If I'm a guy that don't work, what will I have? No money. No money. If I'm a guy that keeps impregnating women, I'm going to be on a bunch of what? A bunch of child support. Child support. See, I'm not, I don't even have to finish the context of the conversation. As you get older, you'll see it more and more and more and more. It's like it's like a screen. You can just, it just becomes so vivid. Would you say that vivid? We, I'm almost 40. I can see it. I can see it clear as day. I'm like a person that's continuously doing the same thing but expecting different results is what? Insanity. Insanity. So why would I let my son fool himself into believing straight results going to come from doing absolutely nothing? That means I am breeding a child that is insane. And that is unfair to me and to you as a father. I don't want my children walking around here being insane. Watching my son make poor decisions and allowing it, because without saying anything, that's not a good parent, bro. Let me say that one more time. Me waking my son and watching my son or daughter make poor choices every single day and not saying anything about that, I'm creating something called insanity. I'm procreating it. I'm allowing my children to become insane because they're going to believe their own foolishness. See, I said a video and it went, it went, a lot of people got mad at it when I said, stop telling your children they're special. They, you're special to me, right? Because you're my son. But what I'm trying to say is, if you do average Joe stuff every day, you do nothing special, are you really special? No. You're special to me, but don't mean you're special to the world. If you, if you, if you work 40 hours work week, everybody, every man do what? They work 40 hours, right? Mm -hmm. What is different? Nothing. Is that special that you work 40 hours? Not at all. If somebody's willing to sacrifice their time and, and commit themselves to becoming great and reading more and, and studying more and, and putting themselves in rooms with people that are doing more and, and, and they work 80-hour work weeks and they're saving their money and they're, and they're investing their money, is that person special? That's special, yes. Why is that? Because they're doing what everybody else isn't. Say it again. They're doing what everybody else is. And that's the logic of being special. See, I don't tell my children lies. I tell them the truth. My son can become beyond special to the world. It's what he's willing to do that the average isn't willing to do that will make him special. My children have always been special to me because they're my children. And that's a birthright to me. 
But in the same breath, the world want to view, you want the world to view you as special, right? Because how I feel is not how the world going to feel about you, right? How I protect you, the world don't have to feel like that. So that's the reality of life. So for me, I had to learn to, to stop getting, get it out of my feelings and say, you know what? You calm down your aggression. Talk to him a little bit more, right? Let him feel comfortable to come talk to you. I know things that you don't think I know, but I wait for you to man up and come speak. Because being intimate with a woman don't make you a man, just so you know that, right? Most young guys and most men today in society, would you agree with this? Think I'm getting girls, I'm having sex, I'm grown, right? Yeah. It's a little deeper than that. Now you see how fast the rent came every month, right? Imagine what I got to do every, every mortgage. Mm -hmm. Got to go hard, right? Mm. Do your father go hard? Yeah. Am I lazy? No. Do I commit myself? Yes. Do I save? Yes. Do I, do I live by example? Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect, but I damn sure try my best every day. And that's what makes me a good father. It's effort. And a lot of people need to understand it's not about uh, being uh, the best person in life. It's learning from your mistakes and fixing them. The one thing is I'm, I'm happy that you sat here today and as a father I say I love you for is you accepted your mistake. You said it. I made my mistakes. When we had a conversation, I'm going to be honest with you, you know how he came back to my house? And it's funny. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you I already knew. His birthday was on the 12th. Happy belated birthday to my child. You know? So look, I already knew that he wasn't happy where he was living at. I already knew it. Parents can sense things. But kids, they think they're lying to you. You just laugh. You go, okay, let them figure it out. Anyway, I took him out for dinner for his birthday. So we're sitting in the restaurant. So I said, yo, I'm getting tired. I said, you know, I'm going to, because I worked that day and I went to the gym that morning. And I said, you know what? I'm going to drop you at home. So you know what he says to me? He goes, after we're about to take him home, dad, can I spend the night tonight? I said, yeah, of course you can spend the night. No problem. So he runs in the house that he's living at and came back out in 2.2 seconds with a bag. I said, yo, when you can't run out the house, I said, he already had this planned. So, 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 uh, so she's like, she, so the, the person I goes, what? She's like, I said, he had this planned already. I said, yo, he, he has a whole bag packed. And is he coming running out the house? Literally, we pulled up to the house. He ran in the house for like three seconds and came running back out with his bag. He didn't pack no bag. The bag was already packed. So I looked at her and said, he had his plan already. She said, yeah, I said, I'm going to play along with it, though. So then we get to the house. The morning, I said to him, I said, yo, just let, let, uh, let my girl know when you're ready to go home. Right? He goes, all right, no problem. Then he said, yo, dad, matter of fact, you mind if I stay another day? I, I said, no problem. I walked in the room. I said, he don't want to go back. I said, buddy, what I tell you kills most men, they ego and what? Pride. Say it again. Ego and pride. Ego and pride will kill the greatest people. Some of the greatest people I have witnessed fall to their demise is because of ego and pride. I tell my son, be prideful that you're a man, right? Mm -hmm. Be prideful that you're strong, right? Be prideful that your last name is Brown, right? Be prideful that you, 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 you're a good person, right? Be prideful, be prideful that you, you know God, right? And you worship him. Those are things you be prideful. But if you need help, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Dre calling my phone asking me for help, right? Especially if I can with my brother, my friend. There's nothing wrong with Chris calling me, asking me for help if I can do it. Because I'm his friend. There's nothing wrong with Vivian calling me. That's my sister. So I, if they feel comfortable to do that, my son feeling not comfortable is weird. Because even if I tell you, Nate, I might give you a lecture before because it's a learning moment. 
Let's say I always told my son, yo, save your money. He didn't save. Now he gets in a jam with money. That's a moment of teaching. They don't want to hear that, though. But you understand it, you know, like, Nate, this is why I told you, you got to save your money. Because rainy days come. As you get older, they come. They come more faster, too. So you never know. She was driving her car. Her car just broke down out of nowhere. Did she expect that? That's how life happens. You know, always expect the unexpected. They say you never know what could happen in life, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you learn? Uh, some things, just for the guys that's just tuning in, this is my son, my oldest child. We having a conversation about being grateful. You know, I suggest everyone that's on this live, you know, today being Christmas, sit your children down and talk to them. Have a conversation with them. Because again, I'm learning my child because he's learning himself. So if I sat here and said I know my son totally, I would call that a lie because he's evolving, he's growing, he's learning his new self. And by him learning his new self, I have to be comfortable with him adjusting to the new person that he's becoming because he don't fully know himself. Because the whole concept of life is not finding yourself. You know that? It's creating yourself. You create yourself into being who you want, right? Most people tell people, yo, go out and find yourself. This is how people talk, right? I hear this all the time. I don't tell my children to find yourself. I tell them to create yourself. Let me say that one more time. As your father, and I tell you, don't go find yourself. Because a person is always going to continue to evolve. Evolution is mandatory. You should never get content with who you are. You should always try new things, right? Yeah. So in order for you to see how great you truly are, you got to always create yourself. Try new things. Experiment new things. Uh, uh, try new foods. Go to new places. You'll be surprised. If I only went to one vacation, only to say Jamaica. I'm going to say Jamaica is the best place in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Then I take you to the Maldives. Now you forgot about Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Why? Because now you've broadened your horizon. That's life. Always be willing to experiment and try new things. Don't think that this is the it. Because life is not the it. As long as God gives you breath in your lungs, it's another day for you to try something new and to keep evolving. I used to be a gangster. I'm retired. I don't want nothing to do with that world no more because I see it's fake and it's not real. And the only people that suffer is the people that love you. They suffer while you're doing bids. They suffer while you, you're, you, you're not there to, to celebrate holidays with them. They suffer while you, you, you know, you, you're not being a father to them. It's a double negative, right? So tell me something that you learned in life that you want uh, to the younger generation, you want them to know? Don't take everything your parent says to heart. Try to take it as a learning experience and take it from a mature point of view. Look at it as they're trying to help you more than hurt you. And look at it as I can learn from this. And they just want you to be 10 times or 100 times more successful than them. Agree. Let me ask you a question. Since you've come back to the house, what do you see different between me? Talk straight, whatever you see. Did you see a difference? I'm the same. I, I feel I, I want to say easier to talk to, mm -hmm. even though I feel like you, you would have been regardless easy to talk to. It was basically just my point of view, making it seem like you were hard to talk to, but it really wasn't. Once, once I came in the realization that you're my father and no matter what you're trying to help me, it, it made me more comfortable just to tell you whatever and, speak to you as not a child, but a young adult, but still respecting the fact that you are my father. And also knowing that I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. If you ask me a question, right, and, and I come to you, you, Dad, I got to ask you a question. 
So what you got to do is don't make reservations in your mind, for my opinion, right? See, sometimes young people make reservations in their mind to what they want their parent to say. So when the parent don't say what they want to hear, they automatically get defensive or get mad. If I ask Dre, what's his favorite color? And Dre says green, but I wanted Dre to say black. When Dre says green, I'm upset because I wanted Dre to say what? Black. And that's how dealing with young people is. They already make reservations in their mind what they want their parents to say. And then when a parent don't say what they want to hear, they get very defensive and deflective. And this is why the communication between the older generation and the younger generation suffers. You want me to respect your opinion, you have to be able to respect mine. Even if it's not what you really want to hear. And that's respect. Respect is like, you know what? I didn't want to hear this, but that's the way they view it. You know, being able to see uh, life through other people's lenses is a positive thing. Everyone is not going to agree. There's something called agree to what? Disagree. disagree. Say it again? Agree to disagree. And that's called reasoning, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do sometimes. Like, you know what? I respect that Vivian said that. I don't agree with her, but I respect it. Because that's her opinion. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, she heard my opinion. And when she sits down and think about it, it can open up her mind to think like, wait, he has a point. And that's how we sit. We plant the seed. So when a kid or a child come to you and ask you something, you plant the seed. Say, you know what? I don't think that's a good idea. Why? Because this, 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 this. Now, when you go back on your own time, that's on you to reflect on that idea. Rather than uh, uh, being defensive, you have to listen. When you listen, you be like, you know what? I never thought about it from that perspective. You know, sometimes by saying stuff like this, like, why, why do you think like that? And then listening to the person on why they think like that. I've learned things from you that I use through life. I've learned things from everybody. You know, we all learn. Your children can teach you things. And if a parent don't think that, they're a fool. Young people keep you relevant. They keep you vibrant. They keep you understanding what's new, what's coming on. You know, yeah, you know, take it. You know, they keep you vibrant. They keep you um, understanding life. They keep you uh, 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 relevant in a sense. So for me, my motivation has always been to, to, to keep my children uh, or make them better than me. That's always been my goal. My goal is to take the next generation to a higher level. You know, and I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think of some things as a father you see that I do to try to put you in a way better position than I started at. You, you telling me your past experiences and you tell me basically how to avoid them. You, you show by example. You don't just tell me things right away. You let me experience them. So, like what, what kind of examples? Working hard every day, going to the gym every day, getting your body in shape, eating right, getting up even though you're extremely tired. And when you see things like that, you got to look at yourself and say, if it's not killing them, I can do it myself too. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm only doing it to better myself. We talked about something called the trilogy the other day, right? What is a man should take care of all three things? What are they? Your mind, your, your health, and... Which is, which is this right here? This is called the what? Your soul. No, this, this, this thing right here, this fleshly thing. Body. Your mind, your... Body, your soul. That's your three things. Because you have all control of those three things. You control your salvation, right? Mm. And your salvation is, is given to you by you what worshiping your Lord? Yeah. You control your, your body, and that's by what? By going to the gym. And taking care of your health, what you're eating, right? Yeah. And the lastly is you control what? Your mind. And that's how you do that? Uh, by studying and 
Learning from examples. Fueling it with, 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 with positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you control those three things. You can't control nothing else outside of those three things, right? You control your mind. You control your body, right? You can control your soul and where it goes by the way you live. So those three things is what I tell my son all the time. Your mind, body, soul is everything to you. Your body is your temple. That's where it starts. The mind is the result of what, what, the way you think, right? Mm-hmm. Let me say this one more time. You know, the mind, body, soul is what we, I call the trilogy, right? And everyone has control of this. You have control of your mind. Your mind is the gateway to the levels of success. The way you think is how you behave. And how you behave is the way you think, right? Yeah. So say this with me. The mind is controlled by the way you think. The and the way you think is controlled by what? The, the way you control your mind. Yes. So if your mind thinks negative, you're going to be what? Negative. If you, your mind thinks lazy, you're going to be what? Lazy. So if your mind thinks great, you're going to be what? Great. So if your mind is inspiring you to become greater, you're going to become what? Greater. And if your body is unhealthy, that means if you became a millionaire and now your body is sickly, what's going to happen? You're not going to be able to enjoy your money or your future because you have an unhealthy body. So do you think by being healthy, you put in more life expectancy on yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's the conversation. And now also, there's a, there's a place after this thing called earth. It's called what? Heaven. And there's another place called what? Oh. And where do you want to go? Heaven, of course. Because I want to see you when, I, when you get there because I think I'm going to leave before you. And I want to see you there. So salvation is mandatory mm-hmm. for me to teach my children salvation because I need, I want to see you in the afterlife. I don't want to just enjoy you on the heavens. I mean, on, on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a mentality. But like, I'm not perfect, but my God knows I genu- genuinely care. I genuinely want to help out people. I genuinely do this podcast thing religiously because of the fact that I believe more people need to hear this. Today, when we was driving here, I said, you know what? We're going to have a dope conversation. Truth be told, before he left, guys, me and my son would have never, this conversation would have never been as good. Never. He would have been reserved. He would have never said how he really feel. I don't want you to feel like me, right? I want you to feel like you with a splash of me on it because you're, you're you. Mm-hmm. No matter how I look at it, you're still you. And I will say this, parents, to every parent on my life right now, stop pushing your trajectory on your children. You may be stronger than your children. You may be mentally more sound than your children. But as they get older, they'll learn themselves and they'll find themselves more and they'll build themselves up and their confidence and everything else. Sometimes I feel like we overly push what we wanted from our lives on our children. Not leading them, but telling them. And that's unhealthy. It's not, you can't sit down every day and tell your child to be great when you're lazy as hell. That's not fair. Would you agree? You respect your mother when she talks because she, she, she works hard, right? But if your mother was lazy, would you respect her? That's human nature. So when I tell people, yo, let's get it, they respect me because they're like, yo, Q going to be here. He's going to do it. Yo, something, the other day we went to the gym. Yo, bro, I was so tired, right, Nate? I'm so tired in the gym. The lady said to me, hey, you can't be yawning on a treadmill. I said, I'd rather be yawning here than yawning in my bed. I said, even though I'm tired, I still force myself to get there. And that's what I want him to understand is not, you're not going to always feel great doing the right thing. You're not going to always be rewarded for doing the right thing, right? But you know what the real reward in life is? The way you feel about yourself. That's the real reward. And that's what I want you to understand. Remember when you were fully all the way healthy? See how you felt about yourself? See how you had your little, little fake waves in your head and thought you was fire? Yeah. Thought you was a red bone? 
you know, but I was loving it, watching him see himself and love the way he, he feels and the way his clothes felt. I was like, I, I love that. And that's all I want my son to do is when I go one day, I want you to love and honor and understand who your father was. So when a person say, who are you? I'm Nathaniel Brown, son of Quentin Brown, and I'm proud of that. That's what I care about the most. There are a lot of kids uh, and parents that's going to the grave, their children are not proud of their parents. And the reason why they're not proud of their parents, because their parents are hypocrites. They live with, with, with uh, uh, blaming their past for their mistakes and holding on to it, not looking at it like, you know what? Yeah, I grew up in the hood, but it's time to make some changes. I can teach my children how to be better. Not telling your children to read, but why don't you read, read, uh, read with your children, right? People tell their kids, read a book. Why don't you read with them? How about, now, you know what? I read a chapter tonight, and at the end of the night, we meet up and we talk about that chapter. How about that, parents? How about that? Children respect those things more, right? It's called leading by example. Everyone expects examples more, right? My team follows me, and they believe me because of the fact that they, they know we're going to... Yo, my guy in here right now named Dre, he's been with me 100 years. We've been pushing all kinds of things. And he believed in every single thing I said I wanted to do. He's still behind everything, everything. I ain't know what the hell I want to do. I just know I want to do something. I would say, yo, yeah, let's do this. All right? Let's do this. All right? And now, where we are today, he's played a major role in it because he's always believed in it. I knew that I had my, my guy that, that can cover that sector. I always had that. I knew that for a fact. Right? And that's the concept I want you to understand, Nate. A man or a woman is only as strong as the team they put around them. And let me say that again. Right? And this is the truth. A man, right, or a woman is only as strong as the people they put around them. If I take a weak woman, right, but I feel like I'm strong, what does that say about me? You really don't feel like you're strong. You really don't feel like you're strong. So if I take a strong woman, I put her around me, that makes me what? Stronger. See the logic? Mm -hmm. If a man continuously to put people around him that's not encouraging him to be his greatest self, what will he be? He won't be as strong as he wants to be. And why is that? Because he doesn't put himself around people who are strong. So if my son embraces his annoying father, right, and he embraced my challenge, what do you think my son going to be? Great and strong. So you know what I say today? I crowned you, my young king. And I put that crown on your head today and tell you that. You embrace me, I guarantee you that you'll become a king. Guarantee you. I'm not, I'm 99.9% sure that you'll be a king. Hands down. There are a lot of men and women that walk around here who are kings and queens, but yet and still, they haven't embraced their role. Every person is a king and a queen because we start off as princes and princesses, right? Because our father in the heavens is what? The king. The king. So how can a father produce something that's not a king? How can a father produce something that's not a queen? It's impossible. But a lot of us haven't walked into our royalty. That's our problem. We don't want to embrace who we meant to be. We cry about our futures and our lives, but not seeing that we are making the poor choices. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. And as long as people keep making poor choices, they'll never become what? Great. Kings. And queens. And queens. See the logic? So embrace the role. Become the king that you're meant to be. Because your father has. It's not easy. But to whom much is given, much is what? Required. Say it again. To whom much is given, much is required. And that's the logic of life. You want a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So know that it's going to become a lot it comes along with it. It's called pressure. It's called stress. It's called aggravation. You know how you diminish that? You put people around you that love you. So even though the stress levels may be here, 
When you come around the people that love you, it does this. It suppresses it. That's the logic. Your woman is supposed to be helping you take on that stress, right? If she's not, you're going to die. It's called strokes. It's called aggravation. It's called hardship. It's like people die every day because of the fact that they don't understand your circle, your people you're around supposed to be helping you build, right? Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. So let me let you finish out saying something good and we're going to finish out this segment today. Um, what you can take away, always embrace what you have. Always try to better yourself. Always try to surround yourself with people who only want the best for you. And if you do all of those things while focusing on yourself and trying to be the best you you can possibly be, then you will succeed in life and become special. So guys that stayed in today, today, and tuned in today, listen, being grateful in life is a choice. I know people who don't have anything, but they're still grateful, right? They're grateful for life. They're grateful that they were able to wake up this morning. They're grateful that they had, were able to put food in their stomachs. But yet instead, we have people who have way more than them and they take life for granted. Stop taking life for granted. For those who are my live or who's watching this podcast today, please stop taking life for granted, right? Let's value our parents. Let's, let's love on our children. Let's love on our sisters. Let's love on our brothers because there's going to come a time where you're going to be summarized and judged by everything you've done before you leave this earth, right? It's coming a time. And that's for everybody. When I, when, I, when I die, right, there's a father in the heavens that I want him to say one thing to me. And I pray every day that he say this statement to me. A job well done, my child. A job well done. Because you know where I come from. When you know where you come from, you don't mind going to the next phases. I slept on floors, my son. I went, I went nights without eating, my son. I shared rooms with your grandmother. Not apartments, rooms. Right? You see the new house we have? Who got the biggest house in the room? Me. He got the biggest room in the house. I think I won. You got care about a car. You got care about clothes. I care about none of those things. I care about my legacy that I'm leaving behind. So those who don't understand that, I pray you find God. And I pray you find that your children and your family is your biggest investment. Your flex is not your car. Your flex it's not your house. Your flex is your children. Till next time, don't let that go over your head.